Hello, hello, Babylonians descendants. We're going to be covering Genesis 13 and 14, a little bit of history of what was happening with the Tower of Babel and all the nations that were forming, and then the story of Abraham and Sarah and how that progresses for all the blessing and the curses in his life. Let's just get started. Hi, how are you, Mark? Doing all right. <clears throat> Great. So anything new this week that is quirky? <laughs> Oh, what Not about really. the music that you were going to? Did you get a copy of that? Oh, and, uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet, so I have to see how it sounds. But, I'm sure uh, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I will. We'll see. It's uh, you know. I did get the picture that you sent. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me yeah. share that first because uh, we were talking about the Eagles. Not the band. <laughs> <laughs> although you see this everywhere right even you see that's like harley davidson right you see this this uh you see this everywhere and you see it in a lot of music and stuff but these uh so this relates to the uh, deuteronomy 32 verse 8 which related to the table of nations in genesis 10 and these are the uh the spiritual entities that kind of rule over all these different countries and these are the modern day national emblems that all these different countries use now i have a i have a version of this that has like at least a hundred of them you know but this is just uh, about 20 of them or so a small sample and you can see uh, down below is um is, oh, is the u.s okay. show down there and the, the bottom yeah the u.s yeah. is on the lower left and then you got um now thailand has an interesting one on the uh second right there yeah i mean that's that's everywhere i see that all the time and it's quite demonic if you look at it um closely you know it's actually like just a straight up uh it's like a dragon or something oh, you know yeah. I, mean? Like, I mean look at that thing yeah this is everywhere this is the official like seal that's of like the nation the god there that, yeah that goes on all the um all the official documents wow um, and, I, and i sometimes will ask people i was like like what is this like and they, they just kind of look at me funny, you know, like, like nobody notices these things. It's like right there in plain sight. Look at all these different countries. Like this is just Egypt a small one, sample. The yeah. forest, What's the difference between that and the American Eagle? Nothing. Nothing. Look at American yeah. Eagle even has a little circle on top with the, uh, with the, uh, the star, the uh, hexagram, which is uh, two triangles, male and female. You know what I, I mean? So it's the same exact thing, the sun yeah. god thing, you know? It's like, wow. And so these are the, I mean, this is in the Bible. They explain this, you know? And and they know the government Government works for these uh, demonic entities, whatever you want to call them, fallen angels. Or you could even call them aliens. I mean, they're basically telling us they're aliens these days. It's the same symbol, just dressed up a little bit differently. And even in the little bit, yeah. UK, um, this lion beast i think it represented a lot of what it was talked about in revelation or the the beast that came together the leopard the bear yeah. all of that well maybe maybe yeah maybe maybe but yeah the, yeah the, yeah the bible does describe a lot of these different things like the seraph and the caribbean and these have well, uh, they wings they always have wings yeah, it's all eagles, right? So why? No, the wing. Well, it's not eagles. No, these are not even eagles at all. So they, they they want us to think they're no. They're, I'm saying they, these are the caribbean or the oh, seraph. Yeah. These are the spiritual right. beings. The, the these are the uh, angels. angels. Yeah, 
And the wings, you know, they, they might actually have wings, or the wings might represent their spiritual uh, nature, you know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I haven't seen one myself, like a real one. <sighs> as far as I know, they seem to come in human form when they appear on Earth. Right. And this no is this is why the governments are so much into this occult stuff, um, because they're they're in contact uh, with these you know these beings, um, and that you know that kind of explains uh, you know why the world is the way the way it is to a certain degree. I so so these are the pag the pagan time. nations. What did I explain last time? Um, that was a really good explanation, and now I can see that what you were saying pretty well with the sons of God that were. Um, over all of the different nations, you know, when yeah. we talked about either it was sons of men or sons of God, and you sons were, of God, sons, yeah, yeah, sons of God are the uh, are the angels. Right. Son of man is is a human, although Jesus uses it in kind of a different way, I guess. But uh, and then today we're gonna we have two weird things today to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's today. Yeah, they're talk going about to the be. weird stuff. Now they don't talk about this stuff in church, and and I think it's okay because church isn't really for you know church is a place to go worship and all this stuff. It's not really a place to get de to do to do a deep dive on the weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so but this, so we, yeah, all these stories are like so spiritual and connected with a different realm it's not like it's man to man it's man to things of unseen you know like yeah god, including unseen. god yeah 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 man and god man's relationship with god but then you have the satanic forces always trying to disrupt that yeah because right? so god's like god's protecting us from them and oh yeah yeah i just saw this youtube video this morning uh just like 20 minutes ago very disturbing. I'll probably make a video about it, but I won't even get into it now. But just the stuff they're doing now, and uh, you know the way they're trying to corrupt the uh, the temple, right? The church yeah. or the um, place of worship. They're trying to corrupt that, and they have corrupted it fairly well oh, these yeah. days with yeah. the uh, the worldly stuff. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's a, but that's yeah, it's in the Bible though. They they did the same stuff back then. It's really nothing new. Nothing. News going yeah, on. that's why I think, you know, just going over all these stories, especially with your explanation, it kind of helps a lot to put all of this in contact because it's a spiritual book and it's a spiritual warfare that we go through all the time. And it's being repeated again and again and again, you know, like even the stuff that we were talking about, the blood, don't drink the blood. And yet you see it in today. Mm -hmm people glamorizing that you know that they want to drink blood and they kind of do their rituals and they're openly telling you um so i yeah. thought megan fox when she recently uh discussed he. Her, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what did, did he uh megan fox drinks blood yeah so she's married <laughs> to uh machine gun kelly the what is, is that a music is that a yeah. is that a rock star? It's funny. Yeah, I don't even know this person's music. You know, I don't either. But I, I got mean, lots of tattoos. I think. Yeah. Um, so she had did an interview in Glamour magazine um, where she talked about the ritualistic aspect of drinking. Uh, so she takes a little bit of blood from her husband now, which is Gun Kelly. So then, um, 
for ritual purposes only, which is her famous line that everybody knows. Well, so it's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do the shaman ceremonies and drink weird stuff. So she talked a lot about witchcrafty stuff. And so I ended up doing a little video on that just to go. Well, I mean, even if you think about the, uh, you know, the person is like, you know, Megan Fox is not what he appears to be. And that's oh, a, yes. that's a ritual as well. That's a ritual. That is that is a ritual as well, in and of itself. And I these kind totally of people are in the Bible. It. These kind of people are in the Bible. They're called the male cult prostitutes or the sodomites. It's a technical term for a transvestite. Yeah, and they, uh, they would come and pollute the uh, temple of God, and they would uh, they were finally kicked out by some of the righteous kings, so, which they only had a few of those righteous kings, but. Uh, they're associated with Baal and Asherah worship. Yeah. And those cultures also, uh, those are the Canaanites that we talked about. And they also practiced uh, child sacrifice. As far as I can tell, some of the main abominations they practiced were the, the transvesticism and child, child sacrifice. Yeah. And then they had like, you know, orgies and whatever, all kinds of weird stuff and blood, blood drinking, drinking the- blood, drinking blood is one yeah. of them as well. So that's going to come back, right? Because if that was no, it's here already. Religion, but they I mean, kept it openly. secret. It's now it's getting open. It's getting yeah. open now. Yeah, it's getting open and celebrated. Yeah. And see, they do it with a real prideful heart. It's not like they're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I'm going to stop doing that now. I know not to do it. Right? That's a repentance. But these people are like the opposite of repentance. They double down and they're like, oh, we're not supposed to do that. Well, we better do it even more than. You know, because that's, you know, because they think God is the evil God with all these rules that are holding us back. It's Gnosticism. A lot of this is what they call Gnosticism, and sometimes they pretend to be Christian. Uh, They even call themselves Christian Gnostics sometimes. Uh, The singer for the Smashing Pumpkins um, openly says he's a Christian Gnostic, and then everyone thinks he's Christian, right? (laughs) Because nobody understands any of this stuff. So, oh, he's religious. He's so spiritual. He's a Christian. No, he's a Gnostic. That's totally different. And we're going to, actually today, we're going to come across a bit of Gnostic. uh, We're going to come across something in the Bible that the Gnostics uh, interpret differently than the Bible does today. Yeah, because, I mean, the biggest thing that's supposed to happen in the end time is the apostasy where Christians fall away. So it's not the normal you know, non-believers that fall away, it's the Christians that fall away. So if they're infiltrated mm-hmm. from within, especially like rock stars and famous people calling themselves Christians when they're not, while openly participating in all this other stuff, I think that's big part of the confusion where Christians yeah. think, yeah, and this it, is probably... Yeah, and you can think of it as kind of a test as well. It's like weeding out the weak, you know, it's like, okay, right. you failed the test, then you're not... It's like, who who really wants to be part of the kingdom of heaven? for all of eternity yeah it's like a test you know and so the, these people come along to and take away the you know the wheat and tares are within the church as well the wheat oh and yeah so, well that's what it is it's the battle between wheat and tares not the right or left or all these other <laughs> yeah, people yeah. Use. that's true isn't it yeah so, that's a good point yeah okay yeah so. and you, you know there's only so much you can do to help people i think i don't know but uh, no i i think god has know. to do it we're, we're not responsible we're just you yeah, know, what he says, and then it really is up to God and them. Because the ones that are not interested, they're not going to be listening to this podcast at yeah, all. Yeah, they, they they have no interest in yeah. being part of the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. 
Like they don't want that anyway. So right. it's like, okay, don't force them to join. And this is for all of eternity, right? So that's yeah. the, they don't they don't want to be with God for all of eternity, or even right now. Like if you don't <laughs> want to be with God now, then you wouldn't want to be with God for all of eternity. Exactly. I mean, they have a <laughs> lifetime if they don't even like it. So then what's the point? Yeah. So I think this is really just for the believers to kind of strengthen their faith and uh, learn more about, you know, what's happening. Yeah, because we're getting infiltrated all the time to try to, it's a subtle serpent, right? The serpent yeah. is subtle to try to subtly kind of lead us astray. And especially if they do some kind of alien narrative and Whatever, oh, yes. you know, they're they're going to give us new gods and new religion and redefine humanity. That's a, that's a big part of what they're doing is redefining humanity. Yeah, I almost think they're trying to uh, normalize and bring about all the fallen angels that were kind of implied, but not in the forefront. Perhaps they're going to come into the forefront, you know. That where, would be a great sign and wonder. Yeah. How would people would just be amazed because people are kind of uh, lost anyway, right? People are searching, like everyone's kind of searching for the truth and searching for answers. Yeah, but they're not really, but they're not really seeking the truth necessarily. They don't want that much truth. They want something that seems like truth and seems like an answer. So they're kind of open for, uh, you know, something like a new god or something. You right. Know? They're kind of ready for that because a lot of people's lives are kind of empty. So they're ready for some kind of fake uh, yeah. religion, you know. Uh, I think uh, they like the idea of unity. I am. Yeah. They're yeah. a God that fits their purpose, whatever it is. They yeah. That all loving God that's not going to judge them and let them come to their spiritual understanding however they want to. Mm. You know? They, they want to feel spiritual as they're sinning. Yeah. <laughs> spiritual sin. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly the video I watched this morning. That uh, I'll probably make a video about it. So yeah, I look forward to that. I love Even it. though it almost made me want to puke, You're like it's so disturbing, and I <laughs> kind of don't want to react. You know how like everyone's always react, like they do something real crazy and sick and twisted, and then we we react to it. Like I kind of don't like reacting to these things so much. You yeah. know, current events and all that. Like maybe we should just ignore them. But I don't know. I try to ignore them, but once in a while, it still catches you off guard where you're like, I can't shut up about this. But, <laughs> you know, like you did the, I love your last video, the Barbie movie one. Yeah, um, that's an example. It's like, yeah, maybe like, like, it's like, should we just ignore Barbie or just, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I probably say something different than, you know, they're not going to, the things I say, you're not going to hear on Fox News too much. Yeah. Although they, they do talk a little bit about what I say, but uh um, but apparently a lot of people, you know, they were talking about the Barbie movie. It's really bad because it started, the opening scene was Barbie coming in the super giant life size with the little kids smashing their little dolls, like symbolism of abortion and killing babies. Ah, uh, wow. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting pretty blatant, actually. They're, they're very blatant these days. Yeah. What they're doing. So they yeah. probably, you know, all the truthers out there probably should say something about it. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to start chapter 13? Yeah. I guess I'll start reading it uh, if you want. Sure. Abram went up to Egypt to Negev and his wife and all he had and lot with him. Abram was very wealthy in livestock, in silver and in gold. He continued on his journey from Negev and came to Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. 
and to the place where he had first made an altar, there Abram called the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land was not able to support both dwelling together because their possessions were so great, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and herdsmen of Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the Pers. I can't say these names. Perizzites dwelled in the land at that time. So I guess they were doing well. Yeah, yeah uh, I think Abraham, you know, I mean, it says right there, he's quite wealthy and he's, uh, you know, we're going to see his, he is quite a powerful man and um, almost kind of like a king, some people would say. Um, not a, not a officially a king, but he, he kind of has this, um, this leadership aspect we're going to see later. He goes into battle and stuff. And, uh, but he also yeah. had to have a lot of land to have all this livestock. Um, well, I think they're kind of nomadic, though, aren't they? Yeah. Um, right now, they had yeah, they're nomads with the huge flocks and tents and stuff. Um, so they're so they're kind of entering into this Can this Canaanite land, which you know they, which was the kind of the original, uh, promise you know so called promised land, that's not really in effect anymore because the the real promised land, as we know, is the um, the new heavens and the new earth, right? Uh, yep. The entire world will be the promised land, not just a little chunk of land over there in the Middle East, <laughs> as many people uh, believe. Yeah, which they have the right to believe whatever you want, but I, I, uh, so do I. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, God can enlarge the earth if He wanted to. Let's just say there's a gazillion, gazillion people made, and I think there's a promise later on that Abraham's descendants were going to be like uh, the grains of sand. So it's going to be a ton of them. So God can, the future yeah. could be as big as it yeah. could be, you know. But but everyone now is fighting. They're still fighting over a little chunk of land yeah, in, the, in a certain region. And it's like, that's not the promised land anymore. No, and I think <laughs> once he scattered everybody outside of that, you know, it, it, I think the, Israel, it, the meaning of Israelites actually probably means something else more than or Israel even. It means the sons of God. Yeah, it's really yeah. Uh, the the believer, people who are in Christ, actually, is what it is. Right, so it's not that sons physical of piece of land that's called no, Israel. No, no, no. Yeah. But, but, but the concept of land is very important. And yeah. um, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's a word that's used a lot in the Old Testament, and it's not really used in the New Testament, but they kind of, because it's been spiritualized into the, uh, the, the, new, the new earth. But it's, know, uh, it's a very important concept in, um, you know, for, for God and for us, the, this concept of land. And, and we're going to see that's, that's really what's beginning. That's what's happening now. He's entering this land. And it's kind of a typology of uh, the, the future eschatolo eschatological kingdom of God. It also establishes property ownership and division. Like this is actually the story of Abraham and Lot right now. Their livestock together got too big, so now they have to expand out. But that was the whole point. Like later on, they're going to divide the land. Say, so you go here, and I'll go here. Yeah, I think God, you know, like what they're trying to do with the Great Reset is take away people's rights and sell off all their land, not have big land property farms. Like, you know, very rarely does anybody can really afford to have a big chunk a lot now. Anyway, but in these times, I think God is making a specific point. That land is important. That's part of your inheritance and your wealth that, that's tied together. 
you know, what yeah. they're supposed to be doing. And ultimately, you know, God created the land, right? God created yeah. it. And, um, but then he, he, he gives it to us to, uh, to look after, kind of like Adam. Yeah. I mean, Adam is the prototype human. And then, um, but he wasn't perfect, you know, and then, then now we have uh, Jesus Christ is kind of the new, in fact, he even calls us a, in Christ, we are a new creation. Yeah. So, so really see back then it was like, they had the land, the land was there first, and then the, they tried to create the, the people of God. But now in the, nowadays after Christ, it's the, the people of God are created first and then the land will come later. So yeah. we don't really have a land. We don't have a promised land on earth right now necessarily, but we have the promised people, which is uh, the people in Christ. But back then they had this promised land, and then they had to learn how to be the promised people in the, you know, the holy, they, le- they had to learn how to be holy people in a holy land, but they could not become holy people. They failed, right? That was the, 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 the commandments of Moses and all that. The, yeah, the, the Israelites also, failed to become holy people in the holy land, and it was all corrupted. And nowadays, we don't have really a holy land on earth, but we're, you know, and we're not necessarily perfectly entirely holy, but we're, you know, in, we're in Christ. Um, well, so since God, God dwells in us. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. God dwells in us, and yeah. um, not necessarily in a temple, you know, a physical temple or anything. Right. It's, so, it's so that's kind a of, good uh, thing. Backwards, we don't yeah. Have- have yeah. a full temple anymore. Um, know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Abraham said to Lot, let there be no strife, I ask you, between me and you and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you will go left, then I will go right. If you take the right, then I will go to the left. So now they've decided to part ways and get their own land. It must be huge land mass that they were trying to get, right? The space must have been open for them to even say that, that I'll go yeah. this and you go take yeah. that. Yeah. But there were, um, now, see, now we start to encounter the Canaanites. Yeah. Which is, it gets really interesting, actually. Uh, yeah. A lot lifted up his eyes and looked at the valley of Jordan, and there it was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, mm. like the land of Egypt as you go to Zohar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Then Lot chose for himself the entire valley of Jordan and journeyed east, and two of them separated from each other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the valley, pitched his tent as far as Sodom. And now the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinners against <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Whoa, that's it's interesting. Like Sodom appears pretty early on. They they enter the land of Canaan and now right away Sodom is one of the first places mentioned. Sodom and Gomorrah. You know? Yeah. And then they even was. talk about this was before the Lord destroyed it. And it sounds like there's cities, so it's kind of strange. Lot dwelled in the cities, so it sounds like there's people there already. Yeah, you know, he, it's not like he's taking the land for himself necessarily. He must take. He must have took some of the land, but there's people there already. And then we're going to see there is a big war that starts um, in the same region pretty soon. Right. And also, um, it does kind of say 
connection to the Garden of Eden. Oh, uh, yeah. Well yeah. watered everywhere yeah. in the Garden of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like in a really nice place, I guess, you know. Yeah. A lot of uh, vegetation and all that stuff. Um, you know, and Lot, you know, Lot is um, maybe, you know, a lot of people have a bad impression of Lot. He's not necessarily like all that spiritual of a person, it seems like, or he's not all that righteous. I don't know that he's wicked necessarily, but he seems to have a, he seems to be a bit uh, worldly, you know, where he's he's looking and kind of coveting. Some people say he's coveting this land in a selfish way or a, a worldly way. And then he goes to Sodom. You know, it's like, why did he choose that city to go to if everyone's so wicked? Mm. You know, even though Lot is not necessarily one of the Sodomites, but why did he go there in the first place? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. You I know, don't think he, he knew because they were just saying, "If you go here, I'll go here." Yeah, they were just yeah. Choosing, so. and I think he just ended up in the Jordan Valley. And yeah, they, yeah, oh, they didn't really know what they're getting into necessarily. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's probably going to explain it here. Like Abraham, after Lot had departed from him, the Lord said to Abraham, "Lift up your eyes and look from the place you are northward and southward and the eastward and westward. All that land that you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever." And I will make your descendants like the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. And arise and walk through the land across the length and its width, for I will give it to you. I, you know, like no one really talks about this passage. Like they act like, uh, you know, there's only going to be a finite number of people. But this kind of blows that over, saying, uh, all of his descendants are going to be like no one can number. You know, on here it says dust of the ground. There's another. Yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, you know, it's maybe kind of an exaggerated. You know, it's not. Um, it's not like a precise. It's probably not necessarily a precise number unless God has it in the back of His mind. But it's like, uh, yeah, you're going to have. I mean, Abraham doesn't have any descendants at this point at all, and his wife is barren. Right. So he knows his wife cannot produce children. And so, and then God's telling him this amazing promise. And he's, it's just like, you're going to have uh, as many children as the star. You're going to have descendants like the stars in the sky. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, like what? What are you talking about? You know? Um, so it's, but uh, I don't yeah. think this, this is a prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled. So, like you said, I think it does. Well, say it's a future. Yeah. Yeah. Not stars really. Yeah. Skies or no, this is talking about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And um yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean in, in a way we are descendants of Abraham. Right. We're spiritual descendants through faith. Yeah. So we see faith is more important. Faith in Christ makes us into a new creation. So we're it's that is more important than our uh, genetics. Our genetics don't make us into a new creation, even though that's what the world is trying to do now. Yeah. It's our it's our uh, faith in Christ makes us a new creation. And will allow us to be become born again, literally yeah. in the future. Yeah. And if you notice, it says forever. All that land that you see, I will give to you, to your descendants. Forever. Yeah. So there's no yeah. end there. And I think this goes beyond. It's probably going to go into the new heaven and new earth. Oh, yeah. That's that's really what he's talking about here. But, but he's talking, you know, Abraham, he's not, see, it's not the full disclosure this is a typology. Yeah, this is this is this will be fulfilled, and Paul even talks about that. Um, Paul talks about Abraham quite a bit in the New Testament, and um, and many people do. 
yeah this is the um that's the see this is a promise right now and we'll see later on they enter into an official covenant right now it's god saying his promises yeah and and the promises are pretty much the same and then but then they're going to enter they're going to formalize it see see now abraham you know he um he's hearing all these things and maybe he's kind of maybe he believes it maybe he doesn't quite understand it yet but god will formalize it into a covenant and, and there's a certain ritual they, that they do yeah and change his um, name too from abram to abraham so we'll finish this chapter it's actually it is not a long chapter so abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of mamre which is which are in hebron and built an altar to the lord there hmm. So see Abraham there at, acting kind of like a priest, you know, building yeah. an altar, you know, probably doing some whatever, uh, some some kind of ritual there to. And God an is offering. talking to him directly to give him that promise. He said, "Lift up your eyes." Yeah, yeah, and you know, he has faith. He's he's following what whatever God says. He just does it right. It's kind of like Noah, right? Yeah. He's, uh, it's so 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 now it's it's the beginning of God. Uh, creating his kingdom on earth thy kingdom come right Thy will be done that's that's kind of what's going on that's the one of the main meta narratives of the whole bible and then we yeah. see it happen in the end of revelation you know so, so now um, we're getting in the story of ah uh, here's the war now all of a sudden there's this war all of a sudden yeah <laughs> What happened to Tower of Babel? Did we somehow skip that chapter? No, no. That's what we, they divided the. Uh, they divide. They uh, they confuse. God confused the languages. We already did that. Yeah, that was uh, eleven. Oh, chapter eleven. Yeah, God confused the languages, and then that's where where we get all the the eagle. Oh, the, the American eagle. Okay. <laughs> Is it okay? Was, yeah, uh, I, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, by the way, there were seven in the in chapter ten. There were like seventy nations, and then uh, although the Greek says seventy two, and then in the uh, in the Gospels, like in Luke, it says they they Jesus sent out seventy two disciples. So it's kind of like they sent out the disciples to each of the nations to each of the nations. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so now we're actually in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Then coming up. Yeah. Coming up pretty soon, yeah. Well, there, at first there was there's this war. There's some there's some interesting things in this chapter. Um, okay, so okay, yeah, I do I do have a, a little topic of discussion in this chapter. There's like big names in this chapter, so you might. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Oh, hold on. All right. Now I don't promise to read all these correctly, but um, <laughs> I'll do my best here. In the days that Amraphel. The, that E-L, by the way, is like God, right? That means de deity. A lot of these names end with L. Was king of Shinar. Now, Shinar is where a, a region where Babylon was. And uh, Arioch, king of Elisar, Kurdor-la-Omer, <laughs> king yeah, of name. Elam, and title king of Goyim. Goyim uh, means well, nations. I've heard that before. They made a war with Bera, king of Sodom. Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shem, Shem Eber, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, 
All these were joined together in the valley of Sidim, that is the Dead Sea. For 12 years, well, 12 years they had served Kador la Omer, but in the 13th year they rebelled. All right, so there's, um, is it like four four kings versus five or something? They have a certain name for this, like the, the War of the Four Kings. Um, but either either way, you know, we don't have to get too worried about this. They, I think scholars have identified some of these, like in historical documents, but not all of them. Yeah. But uh, it seems to be a real, you know, these are all real events that happen. Um, and but, apparently it's all around the Dead Sea area. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and there's a bit of debate about where, where exactly was Sodom and Gomorrah. Some people think it was on the south of the Dead Sea which is what I always thought, but then I just read that some people think it was the, the north side of the Dead Sea. So either you know, either way. And Sodom and Gomorrah were two different cities with two different kings. It was like the Twin Cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's where it is. It's in the Twin Cities. Yeah, probably um, it is now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. <clears throat> All right. All right, so in the 14th year, Kedor La... Omer and the kings who were with him came and defeated, oh, the Rephaim. Now, in most Bibles, it says the Rephaim. This says the Rephaites. That's the, that's the word. So, well, let me finish the paragraph, and we're going to go, go back and talk about this, the Rephaim. In Ashtoreth, Karnaim, the Zuzites in Ham, there's Ham again, and the Emites in Shavah, whatever. <laughs> not going to try that one. And the Horites in their hill country of Seir, Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Then they came, then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and conquered all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who lived in Hezazon Tamar. All right. So this is a lot of people they just mentioned, but this Rephaim. That's what most, uh, I think most, many translations would say Rephaim. Here it says Rephaites. Either way, it's the same thing. Now, the Rephaim are basically descendants of the Nephilim. And it says that in some other verses, basically. So, um, and this word, ref, this re, Rephaim in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, this word shows up quite a bit. Um, let's see, I even... Well, if they're descendants of the Nephilim, then they were supposed Raphael. to be like the great men of the day, right? Or giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. It shows up like a dozen or so times or more. In the Greek, sometimes it's translated as uh, gigas, which is giants. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just Rephaim, like it is in the Hebrew. And so the um, there's this one verse, um, Deuteronomy 2, that uh, basically says that you know, the word Nephilim only shows up uh, three times, but the word Rephaim shows up a lot more times. And sometimes it's talking about the dead Rephaim who are in uh, in Sheol, and they're dead. But, um, if they're dead, then they're demons. But yeah, they're, yeah, they're like the dead one. And then sometimes they're talking about the ones who are alive. But this word shows up a lot. It shows up a lot more in the Hebrew because the English will use different words for it. So you yeah. might miss it in the English, but... It's a very it's a very common word in the Old Testament, and it basically seems to mean descendants of the Rephaim. And this, you remember, you know this guy Og of Bashan. Have you heard? No. He's kind of a. Uh, we'll come across him. He's in like Deuteronomy, um, but he's a king 
and they say he's the uh, a remnant of the Rephaim. And they um, there's this verse in Deuteronomy 2. It says, um, it basically, see, the Anakim, the Anakim are, are said to be the descendants of the Nephilim in one verse, and then the... Um, and then the Anakim are also described as Rephaim in a different verse. Maybe Basically, they were it, fighting like superhuman people. They're like the descendants of the Nephilim. Yeah, they are like super. They're like so the superheroes. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of where they get this concept of the superhero is is from Greek mythology. But you know, in, in the the Bible, even in the Greek version of the Bible, they use the word Titan. The word Titan is in the Bible in the Greek old the Greek Old Testament, which is comes from you know before the time of Christ, the Greek version existed. And um, yeah, you ever and, seen and that's the ver that's the version the New Testament writers used. They use the Greek Old Testament, and it has Titan in it and giant all over the place, like 30, 40 times um, giant. So the world then probably looked a lot like those movies that we end up seeing with ancient. Yeah, yeah, and the Titans are the, the yeah these Nephilim and the Rephaim. These are the good guys. Yeah. In the secret societies, because they're that's their family. That's their they're the serpent seed, you know, spiritual or or physical. Yeah. It almost seems you know, like it's both sometimes. But uh, you know, well, these so are their descendants. The, their descendants. They they could still exist. These descendants of the Rephaim. Now, there's also descendants of the Rephaim mentioned in the Bible. So and so like the Nephilim. The are, yeah, like the, they show up too later on. Yeah. Emma, yeah. Emma, what is it? Amalekites are, they're like the descendants of the Nephilim. Yeah. Yeah. And, Amor and Amorites. Most of these tribes are, actually. Now, I don't know if every single person in those tribes was. Uh, and they're all descendants of Ham. Yeah. You know, the Canaanites are all descendants of Ham. So these are, <laughs> so you can see. And also, we're going to come across a verse that says, uh, like, basically, they, they call it the sin of the Amorites. And, um, God kind of kind of allows them to do their thing for a while, but then he comes and punishes them, and he uses Israel to punish them. That's the reason for these holy wars, is that God it's was using the Israelites to, to bring justice into the land. These people were evil. Yeah, I think one of the verses later on does say that uh, to wipe out their existence. Yeah, that's the reason for it, and you know, also to, to try to create a, a godly kingdom on earth. That's really all God's trying to do here, you know, a, a place of justice and love and mercy and a, a good a good place, you know. It kind of went way wrong. <laughs> Whatever he oh, thought, yeah. yeah, not and easy. All this violence and death <laughs> and destruction. Yeah. That's so anyway, the Rephaim, we're going to come across that quite a bit in the Old Testament, and uh, it, it I think it does mean descendants of the Nephilim. There's a bit of debate about that, but that's what it seems to be. So, so the Nephilim, you know, and then now they're called the Rephaim, but they're probably, it's probably a bit watered down, you know, they're not, they're not the same as the original Nephilim. It, it probably just kind of, they kept getting, there were still giants at this time, because even Goliath is a giant, and Goliath is a Rephaim. Well, there's people today, you always wonder, what the heck are they, you know, they look like humans, <laughs> they eat like humans, but... They have this extra thing about them that, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Verse 8, the king of Sodom. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela. So there's the five kings. That is Zoar. 
came out and they joined together in battle in the Valley of Sidim against Kedor Lamor and the king of Elam, title king of Goyim, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariat, king of Elasar. And I think that's the, um, those are the five kings, right? Um, so battle four, against, four kings against five. There it is right yeah. there. Four kings against five. Yeah. It's the Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's probably the, where they got it from. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. This is, uh, yeah. So what's so, with so, this king of Goyim? We know this word. Well, that word just means nation. It means, uh, in Greek, it would be ethnos, where we get the word ethnicity. And um, that's just, it sounds like it's just a place name at that time, you know. Um, but now it's were. used for something else. <laughs> It just means nation. It means uh, non. You're not uh, is a non-Israelite. Uh, yeah. It means na It really means nation. And in fact, it's spelled a little different in my Bible. Um, and the, well, that's not my Bible. It's the ESV. Yeah, I'd have to look into that a bit more if it's different than the other way they use it. But uh, well, um, it, it depends on how you spell it in English. It might be slightly different in Hebrew than the word we know. But that yeah, they it it just means nation is all it means. It doesn't. It's not necessarily derogatory, but it could be used that way. Um, well, it's used as derogatory now. I don't think at that time. Well, I yeah, because they're the master race. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're all their slaves. Yeah, and you know what it is. I came across something the other day. They were saying, well, so if the if the if the certain tribe thinks thinks that if they think they're the master race and they're like, you know, the the atom, then we are like the animals. That Adam yeah. was supposed to take care of. They they think of us as animals to be, and that's how they treat us. They treat us like farm animals, right? Oh yeah, it's in their text to treat us like that. It's yeah, because amazing. they're the they're 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 the real humans, and we're like yeah. uh, we're like the animals, so they have to manage us. And, and it allows manage, them to lie to us and murder us and do whatever they want to uh, achieve farm their animals. Goals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to manage the population of the herd, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, judgment is coming against them soon. Um, now, uh, okay, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of tar pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell in them, and the rest fled to the hill country. You now what's interesting is that Los Angeles also has the tar pits, the La Brea tar pits, uh, which I went there once, a pretty interesting place. And What uh, is it about? Well, these are tar pits. This this is like, um, like you know. I mean, they in the La Brea they say that all these. I think they even say like dinosaurs and stuff. But they say that all these old animals they like fell in them and are preserved. Oh. Um, it's it's like a it's like a like quicksand or something, you know. But it's it's like black goo, and you and, yeah, and you, you get trapped in it, and then it preserves whatever was trapped in it. But uh, you know, there's a the whole thing about people make videos on the black goo thing. <laughs> you know about that, right? The black. Yeah, and then if you like in Lord of the Rings, that guy Sodoman, who's kind of like an antichrist figure, he creates people in his pit, and then it gets yeah. flooded. And it gets flooded. There's a flood in Lord of the Rings, like a flood of judgment. Huh. Um, so, what are these? Are these natural tar pits, or is this something? That yeah, no, these would be natural tar pits, and then they got stuck in there. You know, it's like getting stuck in quicksand or something. But it's just interesting, you know, Hollywood, right? Yeah, it's pretty close to Hollywood, in fact. That uh, which is another modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, they also have these tar pits. <laughs> and where it says some know. fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. Yeah, so there's some significance. 
to LA and Hollywood about that. Maybe, yeah. Um, then they then they took all the uh, then they took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah in all their provisions and departed. They also took Lot, Ab Abraham's brother's son, who lived in Sodom, and his possessions and went their way. So they so, took Lot with them. Yeah, yeah. They they kidnapped Lot basically, and then Abraham's going to rescue him. Who did this? The the these um five kings or whatever the five kings yeah yeah so okay so sodom and gomorrah they took everything out of there and then the people fled to the countryside and then they also took lot and all this stuff so what happened well, to sodom and gomorrah then well we're gonna see we're gonna see what happened that, that this is not the uh this is not the main sodom and gomorrah story yet um and then we're not done with Lot yet either. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, who was living near the oaks of Mamre and the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and Enur. And these were allies with Abraham. Um, when Abraham heard what his relative was take that his relative was taken captive, he armed his three hundred and eighteen trained servants, born in his own house, and pursued them as far as Dan. Wow! So he had his own army. Well, they sound like they were just like servants at first, and then he like yeah, right? You know, that's a lot they, of people. They, they became an army. That's a lot of yeah. people that were born under his house. Yeah, he was like a like, like a wealthy dude. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like he's um, yeah, like a I forget the word, like a like one of those drug lords or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is like a like mafia boss. <laughs> early days, corporatized life where. They're born into his house. He's paying them and taking care of them. Yeah, in fact, they were slaves. The word, the word people. servant, the word servant is probably slave. Yeah, but slaves back then were servants. You know, I mean, servant is well, they were part of the also. family, right? They, yeah, they, they were taken care of. It was like there there was employees, basically employees. Yeah. You know, yeah, they they kind of belonged to him in his house, and they did all the work and stuff. So yeah, he was a wealthy guy with lots of people and resources. If now he has an army. Today's version, let's just say like a valley of Elon Musk employees living in that city where he had to provide. If he didn't pay them directly, but provided everything yeah. that he owned. Yeah, he'd be these days he'd be a, a you know, wealthy people these days look a little bit different. They don't just have uh servants and and farm animals. Right. <laughs> they have a lot more stuff these days, but it's a similar concept. But During the night, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking, it's the exact same. Like we are actually servants to somebody, you know. Like even though we get a salary, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's not much different. Day. Yeah, we're we're indentured servants. Yeah, it's yeah. a contract. Yeah, you get a you get a. It's like we're servants. Yeah, when you work for other people, you're basically servants. You're slaves. And then you pay the taxes. Yeah, um, because you, we're you not have, like you were you know, we're not like be able to take care I'm of not, people, yeah. right? But yeah. somebody like Elon Musk or Trump or Bezos, they're comparable to Abraham in a way. Yeah, most people are born into wealth. Most wealthy people are born into it. And, um, you know, I mean, you can, you can kind of work hard and make money and make a living and stuff like that. But you're never going to be like, uh, it's, it's hard for normal people, I think, to become a billionaire. 
people can become millionaires, you know, but uh, to be, you know, to do more than that, I think you need, you need a lot of help. Even all those people that are billionaires, they didn't do it on their own. They have to be supported and funded by the government. Yeah, they're born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They're well connected and they get all the favors and all the tax breaks and, you know, all this stuff. So they tell us we can if we work hard, we can be like them. But it's it's not really possible. Not unless we do wicked and evil things that they want to support. But other than that, things. how many business do you know, you know, that big businesses that are not tied to the government and their program somehow? Yeah, and, they 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 buy off the politicians to create laws yeah. that benefit their business and all this stuff. It's it's yeah, all very it's cool. like a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and employee, you know, they don't really like their employee employees. They do think of them as servants and slaves, and uh, and an expense. Really, they don't like employees because they're an expense. They don't like yeah. paying the salaries to the people. So so only if the if the employee generates more, you know, generates revenue, then it's okay. But if they're an expense, then they're just uh, expendable, basically. But that's the sharp contrast with how the old days in Abraham's time, all his servants are part of his property in a way that he has to take care of and provide. They're all taken care of, yeah. yeah. And uh, and there was it was there was just see God is a God of justice, and um, but the world but these uh, fallen angels that rule over the nations they're not. Uh, small g gods of justice you know justice is not important Um, no and it's unfortunate like today's corporations the big ones they destroy cities and then they move on they destroy cities and then move on you know like that's just the way it is like some of the older cities that got destroyed once the industry got hit or changed they basically pretty much leave overnight and you know like detroit ended up like that um, and then yeah. the more city, you know, all of those horrible places that now are just worthless cities, pretty much. San Francisco. I think they need to pay for revitalizing the cities that go in and, and that built those towns. They need to stay with them, you know, and do something about it instead of letting them go down. Like well, there's that. no justice, you know, the, the the justice system. They're they're not doing justice. You yeah. Know? They're the Supreme not. Court, the the, the yeah. court system, the, there's no justice. Okay, um, verse 15, during the night. 15, during the night he divided his men to attack them and defeated them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He brought back all the possessions along with his relative lot and his possessions and also the women and the people. So basically he kind of, he he went there to help his, uh, his nephew Lot, mm-hmm. but, but Lot was kidnapped by the enemies of sodom i think if i'm reading this right yeah and so he brought back all the possessions that belonged to sodom and gomorrah right uh-huh so he's kind of fighting on the same side as sodom and gomorrah right now um because the the yeah the, the sodom and gomorrah were the, were the four kings against five and then the but he uh, took him to his own land, so not to Sodom. Like he just basically, well, well, yeah. He, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so let me go back to thirteen for a second and said, uh, no, not that one. Where? Where? Okay, those. Yeah, there. yeah, because because Lot was dwelling in Sodom, so they took yeah. they 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 pillaged uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot, and so Abraham went uh-huh. to rescue Lot, and he kind of saved uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. To a certain extent as yeah, well. Yeah, he he got all of that property back. 
Yeah. And did he end yeah. up giving it to Sodom? Well, we're, we're going to see what ha what he did with it. Okay. Uh, all right. So seven. And then people as well, right? They basically took yeah. all the people as slaves and everything. The women, the people. Women and people. Oh, oh, here's another thing here. Okay. So verse 17, after his return from the defeat of Kedalamur and the kings who had joined with him, the king of Sodom, so see, these guys were defeated, and Abraham helped them out. The king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shiva. Now, who's him? Is that Abraham? Yeah. Well, Mel, I can't say that name. What's that name? Melchizedek. Mel no, not, that's not him. I think no, it's Abraham. After his return, that's Abraham. Okay. Okay. So the king of Sodom went out to meet Abraham in the valley of Shiva, the king's valley. Okay, so now now the king of Sodom is going out to thank Abraham, basically. Yeah. And then then now see now we got another uh, interesting character that shows up here, which is um, Melchizedek. Now Melchizedek is uh, well. Let's just read it. Um, actually, do you want, do you want to read this? Because I have to find something. Sure. Then, well, the name is really hard for me to say. Melchizedek. Oh. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Like a K, like a K. Forget it. It's lost in my head. <laughs> king of Salem brought out bread and wine, and he was a priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of, by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. So he's given him money for the blessings he gave. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, let's go. Let's look at that again, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about Melchizedek a little bit. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Okay, so king of Salem. Salem is probably uh, Jerusalem, the old name. So this is before. This is a long time ago, right? Yeah. Before Moses, all this stuff. So this is. Um, Salem is probably the old name of Jerusalem. So Melchizedek was a king, and he's also a priest. That's what it says here, king and a priest, right? And who else was yeah. supposed to? Basically, human beings are supposed to be like kings and priests. Right. So this, this is the old name. And, and, I, and I think the, the word the Jer Jeru, the first part of Jerusalem, kind of just means city in the ancient language. Uh, so city of Salem brought the bread and bread and wine. What does that sound like? Uh, the communion? I know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's just a coincidence or what's going on I there. I don't think you know? so. I think that's Bread and of, wine. Uh, communion with the king in the old way, right? And that's used the same symbology with Jesus. Oh, that's interesting. But Yeah, yeah. And Jesus, uh, now Jesus, there's, there's a bit oh, of a he's also connection a here. Too. He's a priest. He's the priest of the God of who? The uh, of El Elyon. So El Elyon, the God Most High. Who's that? Who's God? Is he the priest of which God? Yahweh. Yeah. Here it's Yahweh. Although, still. Well, right here it says. Um, oops, I'm on the wrong thing. Let's. What's the Hebrew here? It's um, Elyon. El Elyon and um, El Elyon. El Elyon. Is it's you know there's there's many different ways to refer to God in the Bible, yeah. And, um, and even the word God is um, you know in in English it could refer to any God really, right? So the context matters 
as to who we do it with a cat with a capital G that refers to Yahweh, but really it's the word Elohim in, in Hebrew. But this is El Elyon. Refer to Jesus too, you know, because that's uh, yeah, and and the Lord and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, but this word here, some people think some people think this is talking about the Canaanite God because the Canaanite God was also referred to as El. But oh, Elohim and El, El could refer to any god. So, yeah. but this is basically later on we see uh, Yahweh El, El Yahweh El Yon. So it's just the Most High, right? So, but this is yeah, it is referring to. It won't to be Canaanite God because the blessing. If you read the next part, it says, "Blessed be Abraham by the God Most High, Creator of Creator heaven. of heaven and earth." Yeah. So they tell us which God they're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. But even then, still, still, you know how people are. They people want to. They don't want him to be a god. Of, they they don't want him to be a priest of. And there's a lot. See, this guy Mel, Mel, Melchizedek is. Um, there's a whole like theology based around this guy Melchiz, Melchizedek. But the New Testament talks about him quite a bit in in the Psalms. So let's let's. Um, blessed be Abraham by God, most high, Creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Let's finish this little story of Melchizedek, and then we'll talk about him a bit. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, which is like a tithe, right? Yeah. Or, may, or maybe it's a you know after the after the spoils of war, you you divide the spoils of war with people. But, but it, so why it does did, have a parallel meaning though, because we already have the wine and bread, which is a priest, and he's yeah. a priest, and he's serving the Lord, which. Uh, we know that which God he's talking about. So as a priest, he's doing communion and he's getting tithing. <laughs> Although that's not what the story is about here, but symbolically yeah. it's the same thing, right? And tithe means tenth, actually. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're gonna we're gonna see what the New Testament has to say about him. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, "Give me the people." and take the goods for yourself okay so the king of sodom is telling abraham you can take all the stuff but then abraham said to the king of sodom i have lifted up my hand to the lord god most high the possessor of heaven and earth that i will take nothing that is yours not a thread or a sandal strap lest you say i have made abraham rich i will accept only that which my men have eaten and the portion that belongs to the men who went with me an Irish goal in Mamre, let them take their portion. So he's he's relying on God. He's not gonna he's not gonna rely on the king of Sodom. He's not gonna take his stuff. Yeah. He gave him everything back to Sodom then, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well that's yep. that's a cliffhanger yeah. now, but well not really, but uh, let's talk about this guy, uh Melchizedek, Psalm one ten, because um this is referred to in the New Testament. Um, for <laughs> the Lord has sworn, and uh, the Lord has sworn, and will not change or change His mind. In a different translation, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then it goes on to talk about uh, the Lord is at your right hand; He will shatter kings on the day of His wrath. He will shatter kings on the days of, of His wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook of the way. There were, therefore, he will lift up his head. Who's you, though? In fact, if you look at the whole psalm, Psalm four, Psalm one ten, it's kind of worth looking at the whole thing. Yeah. But um, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so now 
Let's go to uh, Hebrews 5, 6. Hebrews, or just go to Hebrews chapter 5. Yeah, there you go. And then let's start at verse 5. Let's start at verse 5. Also, Christ did not glorify himself to be made a high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I become your father. That sounds a lot like what we just read in the psalm, right? In fact, yeah. it says right there. He also says in another place, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So that's what we just read right there. Yeah. That's according Psalm 110. So now they're talking about Christ and they're talking about Melchizedek again. Christ so this, made into a high priest. Christ. So this book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is our high priest. Yeah. And then, so the question would be then, well, aren't the Levites our high priest? What about the Levites? Is Christ a Levite? No, he's from uh, uh, Judah, right? So how can a, how can a guy yeah, from the born, tribe of Judah yeah. become a high priest? And um, so he's saying, well, Melchizedek was really the first high priest. Not really. I probably Adam was, and Noah was. Kind of like you know, they're all kind of like priests, like kings and priests. But yeah. Melchizedek was a king and a priest, and he was um, king of Jerusalem. And here Abraham is giving him tithes. So Melchizedek came before the Levites. That's really his whole purpose, or the whole point of this thing here. And yeah. then, um, and then, verse seven it says, "In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. In fact, that applies to us as well. I think, right? We learn yeah. obedience through the things that we suffer, and being made perfect." He became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Obey, right? There's a connection between faith and obedience. Between mm -hmm. de designated, being being designated by God a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. It just means the manner, the, the way, the manner. In the same way that Melchizedek was a high priest, Jesus right. is a high priest. He's not a Levite priest. So you had to be a Levite to be a priest back then. But Melchizedek was not a Levite because the Levites didn't exist yet. Uh, Israel didn't exist yet. Well, I think, right, so. that whole 12 tribes thing and picking one tribe, the Levite, to serve God, that was still following all these stories because they didn't exist yet. But that was yeah. a plan, right, to have, because they weren't going to get any inheritance while everybody else got inheritance. So the Levites were supposed to get tithing from all the other 11 tribes yeah, yeah, as yeah. their inheritance. But um, Melchizedek is before all of that, right? So you right, have so this mysterious high started, priest. I think he actually established this whole priestly uh, institutional thing. Yeah, he, he's uh, really... The Levites I mean, would follow. He might be the first person officially called a high priest. Yeah, I might have to double check that, but it, it's, I mean, the other people acted like priests, like they gave offerings and they made altars and stuff, but uh, this guy is officially called a high priest, and he was king, so it's kind of like David, right? King David was kind of like a king and a priest. Well, and, um, and also, that story in what we just were reading, um, he's giving out blessings, so he's acting like a priest, right? Cause no, he's definitely a priest, but it's yeah. like he just comes out of nowhere. Now, let's go to... Uh, Hebrews 6, verse, uh, just go to Hebrews 6 and scroll down to verse 20, if it's there. Is it there? Oh, oh, it's the last one. This is where Jesus has entered for us as a forerunner, since he has become the everlasting high priest in the order of Melchizedek. But then go down to uh, 
chapter 7, and then that, so there's a whole section here on the priestly order of Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, king, this is Hebrews, remember. Now, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but um, for, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. To him, Abraham also gave a tenth part of everything. In the first place, his name is translated king of righteousness. And then also he is king of Salem, which means king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he continually remains a priest. Now, this is kind of interesting here. Now, see, this is where they're in the, like the Jewish tradition or the Gnostic traditions, they think, they think there, there are people out there in certain belief systems, including some of the ancient literature that say Melchizedek is like a, uh, like an, some kind of angel or something, some kind of spiritual being. But that's Gnosticism. That's not what the Bible is saying. No, uh, I think he's just a regular man who's uh, chosen as a priest, kingly priest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, you and know, it says without, was... we don't know, like, we don't know his father was not a priest. His mother was not a priest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not told, see, I think part of it too is we're not told what happened to him or that's all we see of him really in the story is just a little, a few verses about him. And then he kind of mysteriously appears and then disappears. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, so. Maybe it's just to establish that whole idea of what was happening right after the victory of the war of defeating the Kings. Like, yeah. It had to be like, thank you, God, as a blessing, you know, in defeating the enemies. And then it's kind of doing this whole worship altar thing, but in a different way. But this this whole chapter is basically about, uh, you know, he, he uses uh, Melchizedek because people knew about Melchizedek. And he's kind of comparing Christ with Melchizedek in this whole chapter, chapter 7. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go through the whole thing or not, but it's. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, Close to All right. So where are we at? Four? Yeah. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Surely the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have com have a command to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, from their brothers, though they also come from the seed of Abraham. But this man, whose descent is not numbered among them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Without question, the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, mortal man received tithes, but in the other, he of whom it is witnessed that he is alive receives them. One might say that Levi also who receives tithes paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met Abraham. So they're saying that Melchizedek is a higher ranking, is like the original yeah. priest, and right. kind of almost like uh, more important than the Levite priest. Because, you know, in that, you know, think of first century AD, you know, the the Jewish priesthood and all that, the Levite priests. Yeah. They just, they thought they, they you know, they thought they were the, the only priesthood and the special priest, you know, they, they just, and then Jesus comes along and just kind of changes everything. Yeah, he says, "Hey, this priesthood is obsolete now. Yeah, all these, this whole system of re this whole religion is actually obsolete. I mean, that would have been quite a uh, shock. And you know, they they didn't kill him, by the way. So, well, it also course, got you know, corrupted too. So <laughs> it was very corrupt. Yeah. So in the beginning, corrupt. I think it was wholesome idea of having that high priest and doing the tithing and the 
fellowship. Well, they were commanded to do that. Yeah, they, God yeah. told them to do all that, but they, they became very corrupt. And uh, so, so like this is saying like, hey, Jesus, Jesus is a real high priest. That's kind of his main point, even though he's not a Levite. And the whole Le Levitical priesthood was in between Melchizedek and Jesus. It's kind of a temporary uh, typology, maybe. If perfection were attained through the Levitical priesthood, for, the, for through it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise in the order of or in the manner, in the way of Melchizedek, rather than established in the order of Aaron. Right, Aaron was the original Levite priest, Moses' yeah. brother. For a change in the priesthood necessitates a change in the law. <laughs> For the one... Were they, were they like <laughs> lawgivers then? Each time there was, you know, um, because they had to establish what was right and wrong, too, through the laws. And what they were told to do. So maybe each change in guard or change in priests kind of had to establish a new order in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's and see by was, Jesus' yeah. time, Sadducees and Pharisees took it to the extreme, where it became about money and rules than about the spirit. Yeah, he's saying, you know, yeah, yeah. So he's saying, yeah, the priesthood has changed. And therefore, the law has changed as well. And and Jesus really reveals the true heart of the uh, of the ways of God. You know, um, yeah, the, he's the final. The law is written on our heart. He's final priest, and then yeah. the entire law of of what was there. It was now a new covenant, the law of love that changed written everything. in our hearts. Yeah, 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 love God, love your neighbor, right? Um, and that's the whole point, which they got away from. They go back up a little bit. Um, let's um, change the love. Verse 13. Verse 13. Uh, for the one concerning whom these things are spoken pertains to another tribe from which no man served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord descended from Judah, a tribe concerning which Moses said nothing about priests. This is far more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who becomes a priest not by law, not by a law, pertaining to ancestry so this is the law they're talking about really yeah not not by a law pertaining to ancestry because that was the law right. you had to be a, you had to be born a levite to become a priest and anyone born i don't know if anyone born a levite was a priest but it, that's probably the original intention yeah. but by the power of an endless life or oh that's interesting by the power of an endless life you become the real high priest for he testifies you are a priest forever in the that would of Melchizedek. Be, that would be power of Christ who gives us everlasting life. Yeah. He's a real high priest. Because the, yeah. the the whole temple, the earthly temple, was a was a, a shadow, a, a a type of the real temple in heaven. So it's basically which is where God is now. Or for, uh, for Christ testifies that you are a priest. Or he who's he in that? The writer of uh, the Psalms. <laughs> no, but who's God. he is testifying? He, he 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 for the Psalms testifies. I think I think that's what it's talking about. It, it's it, it is written. You could say it like that. It is written in the Bible. That's that's what he's he's talking about. The this what he's because he, he's quotes the Psalm right there. The Psalm that we just read. Um, okay. And then uh, what does it say? For there is then an annulling. Oh oh, look at this. An annulling of the previous commandment. So the yeah. law has changed. The law about ancestry for the priesthood has changed 
Yeah. It's been annulled. It's been annulled of the previous commandment due to its weakness and its what? Its Useless. uselessness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about the Torah keepers? Uh, yeah, exactly. They must have. But they the well, the thing is, they're they're not keep they're not really keeping the Torah anyway. So it's the yeah, whole thing nobody is can. Keeping. I think that's been proven, right? No one. But can. even all the other, there's so many things that no, they don't really do, and but uh, anyway. Well, there's huge uh, denominations now, the Torah movement, the Messianic uh, churches, and all these other that propped up trying to keep that law. And there's that conflict all the time now with among Christians to do it or not do it. Well, the, the principles still apply, I yeah. believe. Uh, the principles, you know, the law of God is, I mean, Jesus told us, that, you know, what's the, lo the law of Christ, right? So right. when they use the word commandment in the New Testament, it's usually talking about um, the law of Christ. In, in Christ is our high priest who really interprets the Torah for us now. And... Um, you know, those principles are, you know, don't murder, right? We still don't murder, but even more so, we don't get angry and we don't, uh, and all that stuff. Don't, don't, well, don't it, commit it, adultery, but we're not even supposed to lust, you know. If you kept the law of love, you wouldn't do any of those other things. Exactly. Possibly murder yeah. anybody. Yeah. Were. So they, they do all these ritual things on yeah. the surface. And that's the, the God actually hates all that stuff. God hates the sacrifices. Yeah, he, 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 like, he, don't sin. Like, like have a clean heart, that would be better. Then you wouldn't have to sacrifice all these animals. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and throughout somewhere, he says he hates rituals. Like it, it hurts his nostrils to smell any more incense, you know, and prayers offered up to him. Didn't we see a verse already so far where like there was an offering and, and it smelled good, right? Yeah. Was that Noah? Yeah. Um, and it uh, smelled, it so it used to smell good, but now it smells bad. Why is that? It's because of the human heart. Yeah, the, the corruption of the human heart. So yeah, so these these this you know this religion at the time of Jesus was totally corrupt and, um, you know anyway. So so where where did we leave? Oh, eighteen. For there is then an annulling. Oh, let's read this again. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 there is then an annulling. Now the law is good, like the you know the Mosaic covenant and all that. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing yeah. at all. But it's been uh, it's been uh, improved upon or expanded, and uh, it's even better than it used to be. Um, we're in the new covenant now. We're not in the old covenant. The old covenant yeah. is so basically he yeah he's saying this one law has been changed, but by implication, you know the book of Hebrews does say the the entire law has been is obsolete now in, in a different verse. For there is then an annulling of the previous commandment due to its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. Uh-oh. <laughs> but now a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Oh. Yeah. But but what if we just try harder? What if we just <laughs> um, rest okay. more? on the? What if we just eat, you know, That's we're going to eat the some, clean food? Believe it or not, there are today people trying to do that every single day, become yeah. better through their own laws or whatever the book tells them to do you know yeah, and, and like the, the book of james explains it quite well like like there is a you know faith without works is dead yeah because if you have faith we'll be like these patriarchs we'll be like noah we will obey there's faith and obedience the word faith doesn't just mean believing something exists oh i believe yeah. god exists no that's not what it's about at all it's about uh, trusting and relying 
Yeah. Well, the works will become natural to your faith. So everything that you've ever seen in the the world out there, like the movies and Hollywood and the music, they are worshiping their God. So they are acting in their faith and Mm -hmm. their works reflects what they worship. So it's the same for us. Whatever we believe, our works kind of reflects, you know, what, how we worship our God versus how they do it. You know, like the Taylor Swift, her videos, you know what all that's about. She knows what she worships, even though she says she's a Christian, which she's not. She said he, her Taylor Swift, he, he, he says he's a Christian. She, yeah. He, Um, he. You know, Taylor Swift is a he, right? Ah, yes, I forgot. Why, yes. why, why do you forget? <laughs> That's very important stuff. That's really important uh, information. Okay. He, Mr. Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I watched mean, all that's, your that's videos. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. And it's a worship. And Taylor Swift invites his worship, his fans to the worship service of the concert. Yeah, but, and, 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 and I might say, you know, I used to go to concerts, right? So I, I was, you know, I used to go to a Dio, remember, you know, Ronnie James Dio. I, yeah. I went to his concerts like three times and he always had this dragon, this inflatable dragon on stage and stuff. Yeah. So, so I've been there, done that. I've, I've been to the worship service of a rock concert many times. So and, uh, don't they all reflect good works of their God that they're worshiping? Like they're doing it. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, they have good, good intentions, I guess. Uh, they're they're yeah. spreading the gospel of their of their God. They're yeah, they're very they're loyal. The they're very uh, faithful and obedient. Yeah. yeah. So if they're so faithful and obedient, then the believers are the same way. Like I don't think we have to work at it. It's just it yeah. Has- we don't the works. We don't save ourselves through our works yeah. or impress God. But it's just it does result in a change of heart and a change of action. But anyway, um, now this actually. I think we should continue through. Cha- Let's keep going. In in fact, we're going to read chapter eight also because this keeps going. Verse twenty. And he was not made a priest without an oath. Other priests were made without an oath, but this one with an oath by the one who said to him, "The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever." In the order of Melchizedek. Through this oath, Jesus became the guarantor of a better covenant. Oh well, there's a better. There's a new covenant, and, and Paul says somewhere he is an apostle of the new covenant. Yeah. So anyone so, anyone who's trying to live by the old covenant has to throw out Paul, which I've seen some people do. Some of these uh, old testament, old covenant believers, they or followers, they do um, they throw out Paul from their Bible. Wow. They say Paul's an. Uh, I've seen them do it on on like YouTube and stuff. They they're like, oh, we have to get rid of Paul because these people think they're supposed to be living under the old covenant still, and the old covenant was not bad. But we have what is called right here a better covenant. Better, We're in the new yeah. covenant age right now. It's begun, not yet fully uh, finished. They call it inaugurated eschatology. It's it's um, what do they say? It's inaugurated, not yet consummated. Mm. But do you think with, this is much easier than it used to be? So why people even want to flock? Well, to it's that? not even about that. See, that's the problem. It's not about oh, let's just sin as much as you know. It's that's a false. No, not even that. But yeah. I mean, like they have it's not really about the easy. law, and there were consequences if they didn't. So you know, like well, Jesus- the same with us. I think it's. Um, I mean, there is still a law of Christ. Laws, maybe not the the best word. 
people don't like that word law, but there's teaching and instruction. Spiritual laws that, that yeah. basically the there's a way of there's a, a certain way we're supposed to live, you know. Yeah. And um, but um, through this, oh, yeah, Jesus became the guarantor of a better covenant. So there's a new covenant. Yeah. Just like uh, God, we're going to see God enter into covenant with Abraham, um, and then in chapter fifteen, and um, now there's an, an and then there's a covenant with Moses and the Israelites, and now there's uh, a better covenant with through Jesus. And the former priests were numerous because they were hindered from serving because of death. <laughs> they died. Right? Yeah, that was a big. Pr the, the priests had to cleanse themselves, right? But he, because yeah. he lives forever has an everlasting priesthood. So we have a much better priest in Jesus. Yeah. Like, like these people in the old covenant, who is their priest? If Jesus is not your priest, then who is? We need a priest, well, a mediator. The... We need a priest between us yeah. and God. Who is the priest? Who is your priest? Not not your local church. I'm not talking about that. You mean now or before? Look, look for anybody, for, for uh, our well, high priest. Christ, is Jesus. He's a high priest. But if, yeah. if Jesus is not your high yeah. priest, then who is your high priest? You know what I mean? Like if oh. these guys and the these guys who are following the the old covenant, who's their priest? Whoever they elected to. Maybe some some of them think that Jesus is their priest, but uh, but you have to be in the new covenant to have the new priest. You know what I mean? Like if well, if Jesus is your priest, if Jesus is your priest, you're in the new covenant. But some people don't believe they're in the new covenant. But that's exactly what's happening with the rabbis. So that community. Their priest and high God is through the rabbi, much like us too, through churches that we have, have our local pastor or something. Yeah. Um, but, but they're they, not, they, they, still die. Represent, they die. Don't all of those priests and pastors and rabbis, don't they all represent the former priests that were numerous because they were hindered from serving because of death? No, no, you have you have uh, church leadership in the New Testament. Are you talking about Christ, Christian priests or? Or well, any, anyway, the Pope, the pastors, the, you know, all the... No, you, you have leadership in the church. That's okay. That's okay. So how are they different than these type of priests that were leading their flock back then? Mm. Well, the Levite priests uh, maintained the temple, and they, um, they had certain jobs they had to do. And, um, and they but were kind of perform the like sacrifices. Even, yeah, aside from the animal sacrifice, how is that any different than having a church today with pastor and his team and then people tied to him as well, and then we do communion through that as well? How is that any different than what was happening then? Well, it's going to be a different kind of service. I mean, if you go to, if you went to the temple in Jerusalem, it would have to be cleansed with blood. So we don't have to cleanse the church with blood before we walk into it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you know? God for but, that. Well, but we I... have the blood of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the high priest of even the pastor. You know what I mean? To me, I think once Jesus came, he got rid of all the middlemen. And the, the relationship with God is now direct. But you, you have know? the apostles. You, you have the apostles. You have disciples. You have... Uh, you but know, you have Paul, of, guys like yeah. Paul. But aren't but they have, more like disciples to bring and help the believers? And yeah, but you do yeah. have them talking about, like once they started getting a lot of people following Jesus, you know, they started out in churches and stuff. Yeah. 
And then, then they do talk about uh, church leadership, like how to kind of get organized a little bit. They do talk about that in the New Testament. Um, yeah, Paul talked a lot about but that. But I would agree. I think, yeah, if you're, what you're saying is organized religion today is totally corrupt. Yeah, absolutely. Just like it was back then in the first century. Yeah. If Jesus, if Jesus so walked into most churches, just think if Jesus walked into most churches in the world, he would probably have the same reaction he did when he walked into the temple back then. Yeah. Because I've seen overturned. just about, I've seen temples where priests, even like the, you know, the, in India, all kinds of priests. I've seen the synagogues and the rabbis and how they, importance of how they lead. I see uh, pastors, Christian pastors, how they lead. I see the Catholic, the Pope, the head of their church, how he's worshipped, you know, and the following that he has. And when I see all those things, I'm like, that was the whole point of Jesus to get rid yeah, of it. It's like, yeah, that's like verse 23. And they're false, pre yeah, there's false religions. There's, there's, I mean, they're, you know, yeah. But let, let's, can we keep going? Yeah. Let's keep going. All right. Former um, priests were numerous because he lives at all times. Yeah. He therefore is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him because he at all times lives to make intercession for them for such a high priest was fitting for us for he is holy innocent undefiled separate Sorry. from sinners and is higher than the heavens unlike yeah. those high priests he does not need to offer daily sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's for he did this once for all when he offered of himself for the law appoints men who are weak as high priests but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints a son who is made perfect forever. Yeah, so we no longer need any other weak priests. We only yeah, these the human priests cannot uh, take away our sins, cannot save us. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's go to ver uh, chapter 8. Jesus, our high priest, right? Yeah. Now this is the main point of the things that we are saying. Okay, now we get to the main point. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, like the real temple, right? The real church, yeah. the real temple is up in the heavens. A minister in the sanctuary. Sanctuary is where man encounters God, or the dwelling place of God, you could say. And the true, ta the true tabernacle, which is, which the Lord, not man set up. So the truth, you know, the, okay. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this priest also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. For there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. They serve in a sanctuary that is an example and shadow of the heavenly one. It's like a copy of the one in heaven. Yeah. As Moses was instructed by God when he was about to make the tabernacle. See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry because he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So he got upgraded. Yeah. Or if that first covenant, see, it becomes like a business, right? The, this whole yeah. temple back then, the temple and all the priesthood, and it becomes like a business and they don't want to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Because we got a better, we got a better high priest, a better, uh, a better temple. Yeah, they're out of business basically. For if that first covenant had been faultless, 
that no occasion would have been sought for a second. For finding fault with them, God says, Surely, uh, okay, so he's quoting a prophet here. Surely the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. See, this is an Old Testament prophet. I believe this is Jeremiah 31. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just uh, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, right? The Mosaic covenant. So yeah. this, he's going to make a new covenant. Not the same as the Mosaic Covenant, yeah. Because they did not continue. Why? Because they did not. They did not continue in my covenant. They they didn't keep their side of the covenant, and I rejected them. I rejected them. Yeah, I rejected them. So all these all these Torah keepers are trying to do something that these people failed to do, and and God rejected them, and He rejected that whole system. Yeah. You know, even though the even though it was good, the people because of human sin, people couldn't keep it. So when people like still try to keep the covenant, older covenants, are they not into the new promised land because they didn't accept the new covenant? Yeah, they're not in covenant. If you're not in covenant with God, um, well, let's just not, say you're they're not stuck in, time. in covenant. You're you're not part of it. You're not a child of God if you're not in covenant with God. But let's say they are in a covenant with God, but older versions. You know how that's, that's expired. God doesn't. God is not. Um, God is not keep. God is not participating in the old covenant anymore. Right. So it's expired. It's like so a job contract those, that expires for everybody. It expires for God and for us. So that means those people that are keeping the older covenants, the Torah covenants. Well, if if you do it in a new testament, in a new covenant, the, see a lot. Most all the Ten Commandments are repeated in the new covenant, but in a yeah. different context um so so that's the thing is that i think a lot of people don't realize that the you know most the principles of the old covenant are still in the new covenant yeah even jesus said that he didn't come just be in the new covenant delete the laws he came to fulfill them he fulfilled them he fulfilled them no one else did and then he shows us their true the true full complete law and the teachings and instructions of god or through Jesus. Yeah. You so know, what what now we know how to live. Uh Matthew 7 through Matthew chapters 5 through 7 the sermon on the mount kind of really tell us how to live more yeah. than anything else. And you know what it is is people I, you know and I follow that stuff for a while and what it is is you feel superior. It makes you feel superior to other people because you eat clean food. That's yeah. main, the main difference is the food is that that cuz you know I've always had weekends off on my jobs, you know, my previous jobs and stuff. And so I didn't work on weekends, um, you know, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And it's really, um, you know, no one's going out sacrificing animals. Um, mm-hmm. We don't even know what the real biblical calendar is to keep all these feasts and festivals. Yeah. It's it's a way to feel superior to other people. It's like, oh, look at me. I eat the clean food. Mm-hmm. Even though the New Testament clearly says the the food laws are done away with, because they were to separate people, separate Jew from Gentile, and um, they're Judaizers. Paul, Paul calls them Judaizers. That's what he said. He yeah. uses that word. But I don't so think that's done. I think that's going to come back. With the it bit. is. Yeah, I think a lot. Some of them have good intentions. You know, they want to obey God and stuff. And uh, they're all they're good. Any, they're, you know. When you speak to them, they they're good. Yeah, I I have friends who are you know in the yeah. Torah community and all that stuff, 
But I think maybe they don't understand the new covenant that the new well, covenant. I think it's a way of life that they've chosen for themselves because they believe that the old laws never went away. I think that's the biggest argument that I've heard. God well, they didn't really we, go away. I mean, they're they're still there. The principles are still there. Yeah. You know, the ten, ten commandments are still there, but as a legal document, it's expired, and we have a new priesthood and kind of a, a new way of uh, of living it out. You know what I mean? Because it's available to the non-Jews as well, uh, especially. Yeah, and it's not just the laws of food, but other ceremonial and customary things. You know, like even how they dress. Uh, they try yeah, to yeah yeah the the seats uh, you know the little yeah exactly uh, the strings it's like with yeah. the laws written on your hearts you don't need to remind yourself yeah to keep all these other laws and stuff um so so yeah the whole i mean that's a whole show that's a whole uh that's many episodes to fully explain yeah. all this but it's uh there's yeah. different covenants and uh the the full the full real the full deal is revealed through the new covenant and through jesus that's the real essence of what god how god wants us to live and if yeah, you really want to obey god you know obey be part of the new covenant yeah in christ that's really what god was after because the the old covenant you know didn't really um uh it wasn't the full it wasn't the whole uh complete revelation yeah you know? so i think it describes that in the next few verses what are we at 10 10, yeah. I re wait, let's go back to nine. What does it say there? Um, not, yeah. So once again, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. <laughs> that's the that's the Mosaic covenant. Yeah. In the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I rejected them. <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's done. Yeah, you rejected them. Covenant. So then, this is they, we're reading the. This is the Old Testament right here. This is Jeremiah yeah. 31. This is Jeremiah saying that there will be a new... Moses says in De Deuteronomy, there will be a new covenant. There, you guys will reject this. You guys will fail. The Old Testament... That's why Jesus says to his disciples after the resurrection, he says, he, he has to point out to people, the Old Testament is all about me. You guys failed. You guys failed. God rejected you. I'm here to save you guys. You know? <laughs> And, and, and the Bible talks about it the whole time, the whole time, the law and the prophets. See, he fulfilled the law and the prophets. The prophets talked about the new covenant. He, so, so, in, 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 so they're just carrying on the re, uh, rejected what God already rejected. Like, do they yes. know that, that I reject in them? <laughs> in Matthew 5, Jesus says, I fulfilled, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. I yeah. fulfilled the law and the prophets. That's talking about the entire Old Testament. And the prophets pointed to the new covenant, which we're reading right now. So he fulfilled this. He fulfilled this part of the Old uh, Testament, the prophets, not just the law. He fulfilled also the prophets that pointed to him. This is the covenant. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They shall be my people. That's what he wants right here. Yeah, and this is now by faith. That's what he wants it's already right in there. their hearts. No longer shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Now, some of this, I think, will be, will be fulfilled completely in the new heavens and the new earth. 
right? Because yeah. that's ultimately what he wants. We're still in this in-between stage where it's begun. The new covenant has begun. We see that clearly in, in the uh, Gospels and the book of Acts. And the entire New Testament uh, proclaims that, that it's begun. But there's still a future eschatology, a, fused, a, a day of the Lord, a future when Jesus comes to earth and fully, and when we get our new bodies and all that stuff. So there's still more to come. But it has begun, verse 12, for I will be merciful towards their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one old. So this is kind of like... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here's the best part. We're, now that which is decaying and growing old is ready to vanish away or other... Uh, what? That's verse 13. Let me yeah. read uh, the ESV. It says... In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, it depends on the verb form there, if, if it means uh, what is... Because this, uh, this is written in the first century AD, and the temple was still there, right? Yeah. So it's it was becoming obsolete and growing old and ready to vanish away, and then the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. But it was basically all already obsolete. Um, so anyway, that's uh, my rant for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff right here. This is like probably worth in gold. What you that's Jeremiah thirty-one verse thirty-one. That's where that passage begins. And there's a similar passage in Ezekiel and Isaiah, talking about the new covenant. So um, you know. It's just really important to understand. It's it's difficult. It, it is difficult. It took me years to try to figure this out. Am I supposed to, you know, follow the old covenant? Because it seems like God said mm -hmm. these things are forever, and this is what you got to do. Or what's the difference? You know, what's the old covenant and the new covenant? But well, the book of Hebrews really explains it quite well. But I those think. covenants were made for a specific group of people for that era. So yeah, yeah. even if even if we were supposed to follow them. There's no way we have zero knowledge on how to keep any of those laws. If yeah. Held to do so it. We don't need to do all those sacrifices, yeah. right? So that's the thing is like, if you call yourself a Torah keeper, then why would you even call yourself that if you're not doing all the, all the stuff that they did? Yeah. They, they kind of act like they do all that stuff and they're superior to everyone else, but they're not doing all that stuff. I think it actually mentions it in one of the books somewhere that, they had to keep all or or nothing because that was to show their tra yeah. transgressions. And well, if you sin, were, you sin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was no way they were going to be able to keep it 100%. Yeah. And the whole idea okay. was to show yeah. them that you were sinners. And and there, like exactly, sin. yeah. And there was a way of making atonement. They had the Day of Atonement every year. Yeah. But then Jesus did that once and for all. You know, right. the, in the book of Revelation... Aren't they trying to bring back the sacrifices, like the whole idea of the Antichrist? No, 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 no. That's that. No, no. We'll talk about that. That's a certain. I don't believe that. That's a certain um, belief. I, I, I think a, a lot of people see. I, that, we'll have to talk about that more. There's okay. different views about the end times, and um, you know, I respect everyone's view. I have a certain view, and. Um, a lot of things people think are going to happen in the future have already happened. Yeah. And vice versa. And so, so it just depends. It's and it's it's uh, not easy to sort all that out. So 
there are people who believe there'll be a third temple and all that stuff. I, I don't believe that's in the Bible at, at all. I think the oh, third it's temple and it's the never new heaven, happen. the new heaven and the new earth, the entire world will, will become the temple of God. Yeah, I agree. But with people that. are really get upset, you know, when you have a different view of the end times and, uh, you know, we just have to make sure we stay calm. And <laughs> yeah, know, I know it's a lot. The way we talk about it is is important. You know, I try to try to, and we don't have all the answers. And of course, yeah. and I, I my I continue to learn about this stuff. But uh, you know, there's different views I, on I these do. things. So I want to respect everyone's view. And um, but I but since we're talking, I will I will explain my view on this. Uh, doesn't mean it's right. I don't have all mm -hmm. the answers. Uh, but I think yeah. I'm in agreement with you that there isn't going to be a third temple. Yeah, I mean they could make one and say it is, but it's it's going to be a false. Yeah, temple. we are the temple now. So, and then, yeah, and that's and um, two Thessalonians two says the Antichrist will. It says something. What does it say? He will he will um, take his place in the in the seat of the temple or something. But I, I think that's kind of symbolic, you know, where it's, he, the yeah. Antichrist is going to act like God. He's going to play yeah. God. And we do see antichrists these days playing God. We see plenty of people playing God these days. Um, so, wow. We, that was... so, we, so we could see that's the thing is that I'll just say quickly is uh, if you get too locked into your own idea about the end times, you might miss, you might miss it because it might not yeah. play out the way you think it's going to play out. So I think, that's... and I think it might be playing out now. And a lot of people are missing the fact that it's playing out now. Because it's not playing out the way they think it's going to play out, but we don't know yeah. exactly how it's going to play out. They're looking for certain. Well, something things. is playing out now for sure. <laughs> yeah, something. You know, and <laughs> the only missing piece that hasn't come together yet is the worship part of, you know, how the mark of the beast is supposed to be. It's the worship act of well, worship. It depends on how you define the act of worship. Yeah, I mean, it might be playing out that way already as well. But we're still buying but, and selling right now because I traveled here. So well, we couldn't for a while though. Yeah. Well, it hundred percent. You couldn't. Like, I mean, I I couldn't buy and sell. I, yep. I selling is working. I was fired from my job. Yeah, and we're not know, doing certain things. Yeah, and you felt all the effects of what it's going to feel like. When it actually happens where you're cut off. But I think, yeah, this is like a mock off. trial, mock, <laughs> you know, mock uh, mark of the beast. Well, it's the beginning. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a process. Yeah. It's And it's going to be a short time. Right. So it's not like going to be just in one day or one year. And I don't, I don't think it's a literal three and a half years, by the way, either. That's another That's the thing tribulation about. part. I think that that's, has that's, to do with extermination of mankind. That's the book of Daniel and all these yeah. revelation. And that's why there's different ways to look at the three and a half years. But the mark and, of the beast could take decades to execute. It Except could. It, could. It, does Sex, well, say, yeah. it did say that if you refuse a mark, you're killed. So that has to happen. You know, they have to round out people. It will because the the who is going to yeah. have complete control over that. I wonder how and, long um, it takes to. It could have happened. I thought that was going to happen. Uh, you know, last year. I, I mean, was people prepared. were people were ready for that. People were and people were ready to accept that. You know what I mean? Like the public was on board with that. Yes, that's why it was so scary. Because so I think yeah. So but I think what they're going to I think maybe what they realized is the who needs more power or something. Or that was just the first stage, and and see the next narrative is going to be we have to prevent the next yeah. uh, pestilence, and therefore oh, everyone needs to ready. take their vitamins. Anyone who doesn't take the vitamins is an enemy <laughs> of the state, an enemy that must be rounded up and exterminated. 
and people will be cheering for that. Oh, yeah, I've already seen they're changing all the laws and they're changing all the machinery. So you will not be able to enter any facility without <laughs> getting access to that. So I see that I've I've been through it just like you, like, you know, it was it was a little bit of terrifying, like, is this it? You know, but life kind of still kept on going. You know, we were still well, living through it. Well, the book of Revelation is one of the main purposes of it is to encourage people who are being persecuted to keep yeah. their faith, even to the point of death. Right. So, uh, well, I hope it happens. If it's going to happen, I want it to be quick. I don't want it to linger for years <laughs> and decades. You know, like it's a test. Didn't we just see the verse today? Uh, it's a test uh, yeah. about something. Yeah. To, so to, to to we we it's a test to uh, to develop our character somehow. If we're calling the shots market beast, I think I failed my end of one of them. If you're thinking the nose swab as the forehead and the shots on the arm oh. and the hand. Yeah, I don't know what the nose swab did. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the nose swab did or the, all these well, other things. Well, that's the analogy. I mean, the, yeah. Well, I hope it's no, not. The four, yeah. No, it's, it's very symbolic, actually, I think. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of symbolism because Revelation is, is very symbolic, and it tells us that as well. So but didn't uh, I fail the test already? Well, I, I took the mark. You can repent if you think if you think you failed. I don't know if you failed the test or not, but if you think you did, you can repent. Yeah, well, of course I repent, but I didn't. Most I people never don't think repent. A medical procedure like that would be part of this. But what? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the mark of the beast or not. But uh, you know, it, it is. You could say that's one of them. It's one of the marks of the beast. Well, they were the using. Mask. I mean, in symbolic mask. ways, it's not the actual mark. So let, I'm not yeah. that any of this. Is well, the actual mark. I mean, yeah. even what is that? You know, what is the actual mark? You know what I mean? Everyone has. Different well, the Bible is clear. The right what's the mark of God? Huh? What's the yeah. What's the mark of God? Which is in the next ver the next chapter starts with the mark of God. Right. That's more of a spiritual mark, but I think Satan's going to use a physical mark. And anybody who already is following him already has a spiritual mark anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who he who worships, yeah. But we can talk about that in Revelation. But yeah. it's, uh, I think right. the mark of the beast is somewhat misunderstood. Yeah, it's like if if you think you know exactly what it is, you might miss it. And it, and it well, I would be, like to know so I don't miss it because obviously I felt. Well, I don't think it's that path. specific. I, I think I think I mean you did need a passport. You did need a certificate. Yeah, and in the past, you had to make certain, like in the like 300 AD, you had to sacrifice to the gods, and you would get a certificate. And without yeah. getting the certificate of sacrifice, you could not buy or sell. So these yeah. things happen. These things have happened. You know, this, these mark of the beast type of things have happened. There's been typology of these. But that's of also happened in the Bible in the past too, like the whole story of Nebuchadnezzar, his commandment to yeah, yeah, bow yeah, down yeah. and worship him. Yeah, you know, but this thing you needed a you needed a certificate yeah. to be able to buy or sell. It's yeah, a, I would I say it's a mark of the beast. It's a mark of the beast. If it's the final end times mark of the beast or not, time will tell. It's a mark of the beast. I don't they're think not done. Be, they're not done with this. They're not. Yeah, done. they're not done. But what's happened already? It's a mark. It's not the mark because I think it has to be tied to. Although it might be the mark. I mean, it's. Uh, but the thing is, you can. I think you can repent because end of chapter nine in Revelation says they did repent not repent. After. No, it says they did not repent of their pharmakia, but the whole purpose was to get them to repent. Yes, but anyone you who took repent. the mark are not in the Lamb's book of life. 
So that's clear as mm. well, that you cannot redeem yourself yeah. once you've taken it. So if we're calling I, this yeah. pharmakia a mark, then most of us failed. You know, Not really, not really. Most people in the world, yeah, but... Um, uh, I don't. I don't think the swab thing is the same as the injection. Oh, of course not. Um, but if the people who are saying this is a mark or the mark, they're saying that no swab is the forehead, and the shots is no. The I don't think it's right that. Hand. I don't think it's that. Um, but I don't the know. Bible I don't is think very, it's that specific. Yeah, isn't it specific? That has to be a right hand. So even those people. No, that no, no, no. That that's a symbolic. That that's a way of showing our actions and our deeds. I think. Well, then the that's forehead is our thoughts and our minds. You know, because the, because it says the same thing about the mark of Yahweh. But there's two different our foreheads. Marks. There's a spiritual mark and then there's a physical <laughs> mark, right? So I'm okay with I what the spiritual mark. Um, but I think the physical mark has to be visible. It's a it it's just a way of yeah, it's separating wheat and tares. Yeah. Well, you that's know, how it's the just like like, like baptism is a mark. Baptism is a it's a sign. But also it gives a sign. So, a so it it is a physical in Revelation it talks about those who took it had this grievous sores that would not heal. And yeah. it's not because it's spiritual, they actually did something to themselves. Mm -hmm. To do it, and we but see a lot of people who have very various sicknesses. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, I think it was the mark of the beast. Th these injections, you know what I mean? Um, and it's mm -hmm. not finished yet. We're not done with that whole program. It's not finished. No, they're going to roll out whenever they're ready. They're going to roll it out. I think it's going to be tied to the currency, digital currency. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you won't. It'll be more extreme and more permanent. Because yeah. you know? they have to control yeah. all the buying and selling somehow. Um, yeah, but I can already yeah. see that in devices. Like I can see the laptops, the stuff that we use. They're all getting biometrics. Um, you need the face. You need to scan face your face now to like make a bank transfer, a bank to use the bank. You need to yeah. scan your face. But you can't even use computer now without uh, with the fingerprinting. That's how you log on. And, and then they're going to know they're going to tie it in. The medical records will be yeah. uh, part of that. Scan your face and your fingerprint so we know what your medical records are. Yeah. And it'll be that one ID that we're going to have where it connects everything. So all your passwords, you won't need them anymore. It'll just be whatever you're marking. Yeah. Everything. It is, it, I mean, we're kind of there already. Like everything we do is monitored and, uh, you know, there's no they 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 can they can know everything we do. Like even right now, they're listening to what we're saying. Oh yeah, for sure. They know who we are. <laughs> they yeah, know what they, they know what we do on the computer. They know you know they know what files you know whatever we do on the computer, what we write, the emails yeah. we send, um, and, so and, and by, by socializing, ready. and we socialize with our little apps, and uh, by socializing on this computer or on their phone, they can monitor that. Yeah, they do a hundred everything. And yeah. that's why there's in social distancing was to make us socialize through the devices. Yeah. And the temperature checks, that was a head. Oh, that thing, man. Oh, that used yeah. to piss me off. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I hated that whole. Oh, uh, the temperature check. I used to, I tried, they kicked, they banned me for life from the gym I used to go to. Cause I would be like, I was trying to explain to them how many people come to the gym who are sick. If you're <laughs> sick, you don't go to the gym. You don't yeah. need to take my temperature when I walk into the gym or anybody's because sick people don't go to the gym. And I asked him, how many people 
so far have you know have have had a fever who you've checked nobody said, nobody yeah and i said why do you do it and they just like, i do it because <laughs> i'm brainwashed <laughs> yeah even the dentist they, they, they banned me for life wow trying asking questions but see that's how people there's two types of people now the ones who are not going to be doing that and the other ones are compliant. it's the weed and the tears it's the yeah. weed and tears but the, these people are, are are sealed for destruction they'll be destroyed yeah so uh, that's what it is that's the thing is we have to you know under how do we react to what's happening we don't just get afraid and all that or angry we accept what's happening and we uh, see it for what it is that god's allowing this to happen this is part of the plan this is the final this is satan being let out of the abyss to deceive the nations to gather his army and uh, with yeah. pharmacia and this is in the bible it's happening and it's just the final stage of this it's the end of this era in the uh, for sure the, i think uh, i must have learned something enough to at least wake up a little bit immediately after that you know yeah some well, of us can see exactly what's going on that this is satanic yeah. deception and others cannot because they're they don't love the truth they have no love no love of the truth they love the lies they love the deceptions they love the signs and wonders of satan they don't like the signs and wonders of god yeah so in a way we're kind of following the spiritual commandments while those that are not listening they're following their god and the divide the is of the same yeah yeah, they're following the God of this world or whatever you want to call it, the prince of this yeah. world and uh, the lies of this world, and uh, they'll be destroyed. They will not enter into the uh, eternal kingdom. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so so in a way, you can almost try to have compassion. It's hard to have compassion on people who are, like, trying to sh stick things in your head. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, they know that the same stuff that we've seen, they've seen it, too. It's just... Whatever they want to follow. I mean, I they can't. They made their choice. Yeah. They chose this world over the eternal world. Yeah, right? that's exactly um, it. That's they, this I kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. They chose the kingdom of man. The the Babylon. They chose Babylon over yeah. uh, the kingdom of God. Yeah. So so in a way, you know, and they will get their justice. Uh, you know, I want to see justice. Not, not as quickly as we'd like. But <laughs> oh, I want it now. I, I can't vengeance is you know, this. vengeance is God's right. God will have yeah. His vengeance, His uh, His wrath, and uh, so that's what's happening. A lot, and you know, most truthers are kind of trying to stop what's happening to prevent it, and that's natural reaction. I yeah. understand that. I don't think there's any way to stop it. Nope. I mean, there there may be some ways to stop it, but most people are not willing to do those things. There's only one way to stop it, which is a super easy answer, but nobody will do that, which is what the book of Joel teaches us to do, which is to gather together, repent and pray, and then the evil goes poof. But mm. they all join. Yeah. And yeah, ultimate, it is a spiritual warfare. So, yeah, if people would uh, pray, the power of prayer and all this stuff, yeah. Yeah, the world people doesn't just... even, the Bible ending, the way it's written out, that would never have to happen if all people repented and followed God. It's only because God's saying, mm. even when I give you all these covenants, you still keep failing them. I give you the final high priest, and yet you're still going to have people that are not going to believe, not going to follow. So he's just kind of, yeah. okay, you can have it. Well, part of it, too, it's this this cleansing of the wheat and the tares. Like Jesus yeah. says in the parables, the wheat and tares grow together. And then there's a final cleansing at the end of the age. I think that's part of what it does. So people get marked so they know that, oh, that's a tear. 
they've been yeah. marked and, and kind of identified and yeah. everything's organized. It's like, who are the wheat? Who's the wheat? Who's the tares? It's going to be very easy to, yeah. uh, to determine that. And it's kind of, uh, in a way, is a part of the process. So in a, in a way, you could say almost like it just, it's just, it's a necessary part of the process. We have to identify who the tares are. Yeah. The tares are the ones who are deceived. So Satan is allowed to deceive the world yeah. to gather the tares to himself. And in a way, it's kind of useful. Yep, he's doing his in job. A, just a very objective way. Yeah, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's just doing his job. Oh, I gotta go deceive the people to see who the tares are. Right. Well, now we know who they are, and they're all they're all they're all around us. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> visible now. But they're also making war on us, and they persecute us and kill yeah. us. Actually. Well, that's also been shown. In fact, a recent story was that a couple of young kids who were preaching. Uh, on one of the pride festivals or something, they got arrested for preaching. That's something new that's happening now that, you know, we were yeah. supposed to have the right rights and freedom to be able to preach as a uh, first amendment. Well, right. No, nah, those, those things don't matter anymore. Those things don't apply, but the uh, Paul, Paul was put in prison all the time. Yeah. For preaching. Right. Yeah. So, there you go. You know, it started out. Yeah, that let's way. hope that doesn't happen to you or me or anybody else. That's no. Well, I'm going to be killed. <laughs> Don't say that. No, no oh. for sure. <laughs> we have to prepare to be killed. I am mentally. I I think 2020. Mentally, spiritually, totally emotionally. Yeah. Because there's going to be that moment where, if you're not ready, you're going to take the mark of the beast, whatever that is. Yeah. You know what I mean. No, I agree with that. I'm ready. No. I'll take the Chanel guillotine, you know, the designer. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'd rather have the quick death than the slow death. That's what I don't want to have, like the starvation in camps and where they can live out for years, you know. But gladly, I think God said the greatest tribulation is three and a half years, which I know that. No, you, well, I don't, I don't believe on that. that. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that some other day then. I think we could probably do a whole podcast on Mark of the Beast. Maybe we should. After. Well, that's that's well that come that'll come up in our Revelation when we do. Yeah. When we do Revel, so we should probably do Revelation after Genesis then, because yep. uh, I'm excited. We may not be able to get to it because of uh, various. Uh, I do want to get to it, so we'll try. Thank you so much for all these yeah. power. Getting through all these latest podcasts together with the marathons. I appreciate all the time that you've already put in and all of these, and there's going to be more. I hope you hang in. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Until next time. All right. Thank you. See you Have next time. Bye. Right. Bye.